Hi there, I'm James Dapagee, and this is Coffee and a Case Note. Then today we are talking about uh, corporate oppression in the context of the sale of a technological app. All right, we have a corporation. The corporation has three directors, and the shareholders in that corporation are essentially the corporate entities of each of those directors. So if we're speaking in real shorthand, we can say that the interests of the three directors are represented in three shareholders. What is the company doing? In essence, the company is developing an app for use by used car dealers. So apparently um, the app, once it's ticking over, will be something that will really assist used car dealers in going about their sale of second-hand cars. So the app is developing, it's ticking over, and we've got our three directors. Now, two of our directors might be thought of, again, to use a real shorthand as being on the tools. They're in there developing, uh, working hard on the, on the technical elements of the app. They're leaning into that. And uh, a third director, who we'll spend some time discussing today, might be thought of as uh, using shorthand again, an experienced used car salesman uh, who uh, is dealing with the app with an eye to building relationships with his used car sales connections and then looking to project the app that way. Now, in short, um, <laughs> the relationship breaks down between our three directors and our two developer directors, if we put it that way, are no longer really able to have a constructive relationship with our dealer director. And he actually is quite pointed in his dealings. Uh, the court finds that he is, and this is to quote the finding of the court, virtually impossible to deal with. And so there are real, real, real difficulties here at board level. Now in short, our active directors, our directors who are on the tools, um, they end up managing to find a buyer for the intellectual property in the app. And this intellectual property has a book value of $300,000 on the accounts, on the books. Um, the sale price they managed to secure is for $2 million. So um, the sale ends up proceeding and going ahead. And uh, through it all, our difficult director, or our dealer director, if we can put it that way, uh, causes problems. And when I say causes problems, it's not as if uh, he actively stands in the way of the sale, which ends up proceeding, but he is non-responsive. Uh, he says inflammatory, insulting things, and he causes the process of management of the company to sort of not quite be paralyzed because the sale goes ahead, but he causes real, real difficulties in the management of the sale. Now, uh, one of the elements of the sale involves the existing company entity changing its name so that the purchaser is able to go on and then use the app and, and go and go about its business without having some other entity with the same name in the marketplace. Uh, people who deal with sale of businesses will, will understand that point. Now, uh, what happens is that the relationship remains broken. Uh, the name change is unsuccessful, leading our uh, on the tools directors to appoint voluntary administrators on the basis that the purchaser is going to make a claim for breach of contract due to this name and uh, the VAs, the, the administrators are appointed. 
And so we find ourselves in a position where the IP has been sold, so some money's been brought in. Uh, there is a thought of it being distributed, including uh, making ex gratia payments to investors who invested via a unit trust, but we won't dive into those details just yet. And in short, our disgruntled director remains disgruntled, or perhaps our difficult director is disgruntled. And he elects to commence corporate oppression proceedings. Now, corporate oppression, as you might remember, is section 232 and section 233 of the Corporations Act. 232, you have to prove there's commercial unfairness. If you do that, then the court has a discretion. It may make 233 orders. So the court has to click through what is the commercial unfairness? What does our difficult director say was commercially unfair? Well, this is a real problem for the director because the director can't actually nail it down. The director doesn't object to the $2 million sale price. The director, in essence, agrees that the company or the companies ought to be wound up because there has been a breakdown in relationships at board level. And so there's no real challenge to the voluntary administration or, or the administrators converting to liquidators. Um, and so he's sort of unable to point to any real difficulty. There are side consultancy agreements where our two on the tools directors actually end up helping out the purchaser of the IP. But our difficult director is unable to pin down what he objects to. And in the circumstances, what the court said is, right, this sale that you don't object to and the appointment of external parties to run the company, wind it up, uh, you don't really object to. And so in those circumstances, there's no section 232 commercial unfairness. And the court goes on to say, look, if that's wrong, then uh, we exercise our discretion not to order any section 233 relief. So our disgruntled director, um, our difficult and disgruntled director, uh, there's a finding made uh, that he's essentially the author of his own misfortune. He caused this breakdown in the relationship and there's no path there for recovery for him. And the real meat, the real thrust of this judgment is that directors are intended to have a productive and collaborative relationship with each other. And here, our difficult director, due to his difficulties, uh, had no cause to recover, none that he was able to convince the court about in any case. So. A tale of a board dispute there for you that I hope has some value. And I look forward to joining you again soon for another coffee and another case note. Cheers.